Well, welcome back to the On The Ground podcast. You'll notice that I am not your regular disc jockey. Ben is away, um, going to preach the gospel in New Luskard this weekend. Guy, eh? But in his place, I have the ever-handsome Matthew Matteo, <laughs> one of our pastoral interns. And uh, Alex and I today are going to grill him. No, not at all. We're, uh, Thanks, Ryland. We're, yeah, we're thankful to include the interns every now and then and, and get uh, their take on some of the topics. Uh, today, uh, this is a uh, podcast for the men in the church. Um, on the Ground is a podcast for the members of Hill City Baptist Church, and uh, we try and make things practical here. We try. We try. Uh, uh, sometimes we succeed, occasionally. Um, so Alex brought up the topic today that we're going to discuss uh, trends and what it looks like to be a man and to be a single man in particular, mm-hmm. and thinking about the ways that that has uh, changed or is changing uh, the the sort of current contemporary uh, atmosphere, and then applying what does it look like to be a godly man, yeah. a godly single man. Um, Alex and I are both married, but we have both been single men. And so we're going to try and do the best that we can to think back. And, and, and it hasn't been that long for me, <laughs> only five years, um, and, and apply some practical and biblical wisdom. And I think it's, I was just looking at Proverbs before we got going here. It's encouraging that most of Proverbs is essentially a call to young men, mm-hmm. single men, mm-hmm. uh, to seek wisdom. Yeah. And uh, I think we could start even just on that. That, mm-hmm. that is, That's what we're trying to do is just encourage single men uh, towards a path of biblical godly wisdom. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully we have some. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you kick us off there, Al? Yeah, well, the, the first, I was just thinking two things I want to say to uh, women. Before you press stop on your iPhone or pause or whatever you press these days, I have a dumb phone, so I forget what you do on a smartphone, but... <laughs> He's um, had it for a week. He can't remember. <laughs> he can't <Yeah>. remember. <laughs> Just dropping that one in there. But a word to the women is uh, you should listen to this. Keep listening. One, we are going to have a Lord willing uh, women in singleness podcast mm-hmm. next. And also, um, women, you need to know what a godly single guy looks like. And I've talked to a lot of women who, have, who don't know that. And uh, you don't want to, uh, you know, be influenced by and, you know, guys just who aren't godly. Mm -hmm. And you need to know what a a truly godly young man looks like. So if the counterfeits uh, show up, you will be able to spot them right away. So this is is actually immediately practical for you as well. Um, When you started saying that, I started getting fired up about people who I... (laughs) don't like <laughs> I'm like they seem godly but they're not yeah not people at our church just people have encountered yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah we'll be posting a list of those names <laughs> yeah. uh, later <laughs> uh. yeah. so anyways no I, I the reason I brought this up is it's something that Rylan and I have talked about and Ben as well we just I've brought up several times in conversation hey do you notice that that young single guys seem different than when we were young and single and 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 i'm i'm asking because i i feel like every generation says you know when i was a young man and and just feels like everyone's so different and i wondered am i am i becoming that guy it's like but i really mean it yeah yeah yeah, exactly but it seems to me that 
Um, guys are, and this is a general, general statement, but guys are less interested in showing less uh, intentionality in the pursuit of women for marriage than what I remember at a similar age. And they both seem to affirm that. And I went on to have conversations with some of the young men in our church and say, hey, it, it seems to me like, you know, this is kind of a trend amongst young men, kind of delaying marriage longer. That's certainly a trend culturally. I mean, statistically, marriage is being delayed longer and longer and longer that um, the traditional kind of hoops you jump through as a man are being delayed. Education's taken longer. Marriage is taken longer. Moving into a career is taken, like all of these things are taken longer. So it's, it's no surprise that it's taking place in the church. So we just talked about, you know, why that is and if that's a good and a healthy thing. And uh, so I just wanted to talk about that. I wanted to bring up today some pitfalls, some um, that talking to young men, some ideas that some guys have that are not helpful, not helpful to themselves, not helpful to others, and really just encourage young men um, to take responsibility, to step up to the plate, to pursue Jesus Christ with all of their heart and, and you know, do the things they need to do in the pursuit of marriage, if that's what the Lord's called them to. Mm-hmm. So I think the first place I'd start is, you know, working through 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We just, we see clearly the dignity and the goodness of singleness. So what, we, what we're not trying to say is that singleness is second rate, that singleness is less spiritual, um, that every single person should be married, that if you're not married, that's necessarily a problem, that Paul actually says that singleness in some ways is better and that it promotes um, single-minded devotion to the Lord. Mm. And what he says is, is just honest and true, that if you're married, your interests are divided. If you're a husband, then you have the interests of your wife and your family. If, you have, if you're a wife, you have the interests of your husband and the anxieties that come with that to carry. And, and that's just a helpful reminder that, especially um, in a church that wants to promote and encourage and support marriage in a day and age that doesn't, uh, we don't want to give the impression that marriage is the only dignified path in life. That's just not true. Jesus was a perfect, sinless man, the the last Adam, and he was a single guy. Yeah, and, and the happiest man. And the, the happiest man. I think that's important, too. Yeah. That, that Jesus wasn't just like he was perfect and he kind of got by. Mm-hmm. It's like Jesus ha- enjoyed the most communion with God that any human being has ever enjoyed or will ever enjoy in one sense. And, yeah. and that's important. And he was single. So, yes. So I, I throw that nuance out there at the beginning because it's important to, and I don't want people to say, are, are you saying that being single is wrong? No, I'm not. Now that we've settled that, most of you shouldn't be single. And here's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paul says in that passage that it's better to marry than to burn with passion and that you shouldn't um, be single if you are not able to be single and glorify God in your body and, and that... Um, he wishes that everyone was like him, that they were able to be celibate, that they had the required character uh, to be celibate, to be self-controlled specifically. Um, But if not, then they should seek to marry. And um, I've met very few 
men, and I don't know if I've actually met any man ever who, who could put himself in that category of having the kind of self-control required to say, you know what, I think I could be totally pure and never be married. Mm-hmm. I, there may, I'm not saying there isn't that man. I just haven't met him. And so, um, and I, by the way, I've, I've never had a man actually tell me that either. So I'm not just looking at people's lives and, and, and judging them. I've never had a guy come up to me and say, you know what, I, I actually am able to practice self-control in that area of my life and I'm able to stay pure and I think that this is what God's called me to and and there are people like that mm-hmm. and maybe one day I'll, I'll meet one. Mm-hmm. But um, for the rest of us, we should probably be thinking about marriage. One thing that came up in my discussions with the younger the younger lads, which I realize I'm not a young lad anymore, right? So I view myself, I view myself as a young guy. <laughs> you are a young sad? guy. You're See, a I'm young not, guy in one sense. I'm not old enough to say that I'm wise, but I'm not young enough to be like, have abs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm in that awkward middle phase where you're not, you're not young, you're not old, you're just, you're just ow. So, um, but I was talking to the young lads. And they were telling me that dating isn't even as big a thing anymore. Like it, they, they, it's like a hookup culture. And even in mm. the church, it's not as so, I mean, Lord willing, Christians aren't going around on Tinder and like, you know, Christian Tinder or something like that. Um, but they, there's this idea of like, we're just hanging out. We're just texting, right? There's, there's not these, I mean, I mean, when I was in high school, like 40 years ago, you know, it's like, oh, are you dating this person? Like there was a, a desire for like clarity in the relationship. What is this? And, you know, guys historically have always hedged on putting a label on things, right? Like <laughs> I feel like, you know, every girl's kind of like, what are we? And every guy's like, just don't worry about it. But so that's not a new problem. <laughs> yeah, that's not a new problem, shying away from commitment. Um, but it's kind of just a lot more normal than I realized. And, you know, people will say things instead of like, oh, we're, we're dating. It's like, oh, we're hanging out. Oh, we're talking. You know, oh, we, do you know what I mean? Is that, is that true, Matthew? Like, would you, would you affirm that? Yeah, but it, it depends on, it just is different with everybody. Of course. Like, overwhelmingly, there's, there's uh, a fogginess between um, like the starting point, even when you are finally officially dating, it's like, yeah. so when, how long have you been dating for? It's like, um, well, like, <laughs> right. like we, we went for coffee, like, you know, five yes. months ago, but then like we've been talking since seven months ago. So it's yeah. kind of, it's like, there's no, it's like really wish wash. Yeah. So people put off putting that title on it, but then when you, when they actually do put the title on it and you ask them to sort of qualify that all of a sudden it's not just when the title came up. It's like technically they would all admit there was something happening longer than that. Yeah. So do people, do people like still do Facebook official? Or is that <laughs> even an old person? That's, that is, I don't even know. I know someone who like, they didn't put Facebook official until they got engaged. Like it's just, I've seen. Dude, I am old. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. This is helpful. Yeah. No so, so basically our takeaway is um, the singleness is really confusing for people. Mm-hmm. Very. And, and it's not clear anymore. Uh, it's even less clear than it was. I was going to say, I don't know if it was ever clear even when I was single, but yeah. <laughs> so um, 
I want to now, I want to talk about some bad excuses for remaining single. Mm. So singleness it can be a good thing. Uh, it can be actually a better thing than being married. There's unique advantages to it. But here's some reasons um, you don't want to be single. And I, I hear guys say these kinds of um, things. One, I already mentioned it. Singleness is not good if you can't be devoted to God. So singleness is not a time where you use the extra time and resources in your life to, to give yourself more time and resources. It's a time when you have um, more time to be dedicated to God, more time to be connected in, to the local church, more time to be committed to serving people. We're not to use the extra margin in our life as single people for ourselves. We're supposed to use it in the service of God and others. So if you can't be devoted to God, and especially if you can as a young man be pure as a single person, um, you need to be thinking, okay, how do I remedy this? And, and part of it, there's, there's many things you need to do. You know, you need the discipleship of the local church. You need the preaching of the gospel. You need the means of grace. And you probably need a wife. And uh, that's not going to happen overnight. That's not going to happen without intention, without growth, without maturing. So singleness isn't good if it's not helping you be more devoted to God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people um, overlook that. They think, okay, the next level when I get married, that's not going to be serious. That's not going to be committed. That's when um, I'm going to be really, you know, step up as a man of God. But that's a, that's a wrong way of thinking of it. Um, your single years should be the time. And, and this is coming from someone who wasted a lot of his single years, for sure. Most of my single years. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not looking down my nose at you for that. But a lot of you guys think I thought that. Mm-hmm. I, I wasted would, a lot of my life. I would say even for myself, it's hard to speak from being only married for so long. I've only been married for five years. So when I think about my signal, this, most of what I'm reflecting on is all the ways I sucked at being single. Yeah. Um, but even, uh, I think one of the big things, Alex, that we've had in our discussions about it, the, the change that seems to have happened is w- we seem to be the tail end of a culture of guys that were thinking more about relationships all the time, not just about getting married, but we, we, we did have that mindset. We, we've talked about how before we, maybe it was the books we were reading, um, or the people we hung around with, but we had a mindset of, okay, we want to get married. And that was sort of what put us in the world of like talking to girls and having and being more in the relationship side of things. But I, I think for me, when you're talking about resources and being selfish, there's even a way in which um, even though I wasn't just wanting to stay single and being like, I don't want to get married, I wanted to get married. But even my want to get married did not actually stop me um, from using my resources selfishly. Yeah. yeah. And so it's important to maybe throw that caveat in there as well, that even though I would I would look at my singleness and say, well, I, you know, I, I was ready to get married by the time I was eighteen. Like I was like, okay, I'm who's the next like solid woman? And I mean, I had other bad uh, reasons and and qualifications that I was looking for, but, um, but that didn't actually help me. And I think that that's important as well is that the desire to get married isn't what will set you straight either. Like you're saying, it has to be a devotion to the Lord. Yeah, it has to be a you supplement it with a love for God. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bad reasons to want to get married, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a good point, Rylan. Um, 
singleness is not good if the reason you are remaining single is to be selfish. And what I'm thinking of is the, you know, a lot of guys give the excuse of, you know, I just want to be set up. I want to be at this place in my life. And on the one hand, we want to affirm that, you know, the man's role in providing for his family, bearing the unique um, weight of responsibility there. And so a young man saying, I want to do everything I can to be able to best provide for my family is a noble, a noble uh, attitude. And we would commend that. And actually, I wish I spent way more of my single years spending a whole lot less money, um, saving a lot more money, working a lot harder, getting further ahead so that when I came into marriage, I was better able to provide for my family. So I, I, I don't want to shut. That's not what I'm going at right now. What I'm going at is kind of the getting all my ducks in a row um, before I get married. I want to have the kind of life my parents had when I was 15 when I get married. Hey, guess what? You're not going <laughs> to. That's not going to happen. And some guys just have really unrealistic expectations. So part of it is just naivety. Part of it is just selfish that you, you know... By the time you move out of your parents' house, they had a nice four-bedroom and two vehicles, and you lived in a nice part of town, and they helped you out with college, and you don't want to go back to living in a one-bedroom apartment. But guess what? That's what you're going to have to do. And, and so if there's just like a, a selfish, I'm not going to get married until I can get married and have everything I want, um, that's, that's not a good reason to stay single. I think um, there... Yeah, I would say the, the the best thing that happened for me, and again, it was a sin, it was a sinful reason that I did it at first, was I moved out of my parents' house because I wanted. It, it, the original reason was I just wanted to be free from a parental authority, so that was not mm-hmm. that was not a good thing. I don't commend young men in that way, but I was eighteen, and I moved out. Uh, but it was it ended up being the best thing I could have done because what it forced me then to do is while I wanted away from parental authority, I all of a sudden had all the responsibility of all the things that you ex- you sort of mm-hmm. assume or or lean on for your parents. I paid all my own bills. Uh, um, I I rented. I worked. E- everything I did was it fell on me. I saved for my own school. Like I I didn't um, take money from my parents when I started saving up to go to school, and all of those things forced me, responsibility forced me to consider what was important. I feel like we were having a conversation about that. You, I think you were saying the same thing, Matthew, that like when you've had to take on those responsibilities, it's been helpful. So I think for most guys, I, w- I feel like that is, they need to lean into the, the getaway from your parents, not for sinful reasons, like I said, I did, but you need to recognize that taking on responsibility, even while it has its fearful things, it's actually very good. It actually helps straighten us out. It's one of the ways, I, th- I feel like it must have been Driscoll that said something like, guys dr- like, dr- are like trucks, they drive straighter with a heavy load. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's just, that's just such a true principle. And then I wouldn't encourage the same for females. I wouldn't ex- suggest them to get out of the house faster, and um, not because I don't think that they can, um, just that I think there's a unique benefit for men to bear responsibility sooner. And w- I mean, we should probably maybe get better. I've got sons; you don't have sons, mm-hmm. but get better at giving responsibility to sons. Well, you know, I try and let my son do up his seatbelt. It's, it's frustrating, but I, to give him some sort of responsibility, we're getting in the car. Yeah. Put your seatbelt on. Like yeah. you can do it. You got two hands. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think that's I think that helps. It helped me. Yeah. Even though I did it for a simple reason. Yeah. So there's, if your reasons are selfish, like you just want to one have a standard of living maintained, um, that's not good. If you are just trying to avoid the added weight of providing, and it is, it's a weight, it's a risk, it's a huge risk. And what, I mean, the theme in all of this is that marriage and relationships are massively risky. And there is a way to avoid all of those risks, those particular risks, um, and being single. And that's not a good impulse. And here's, here's why. Not just because it's keeping you single, but you're going to bring that into your marriage. If you say, you know, one hand, I'm just, I don't want to pick up the burden, you're not going to finally reach a place where you're in your, in your career and you're, you know, income potential and your assets where you're like, okay, I get married, and then that's going to change. You're going to be the same selfish guy, only you're going to have a lot more stuff at this point. But that's going to come out in your marriage. And then guess what? You have kids? Boy, golly. Like, I went into marriage thinking I was a decent human being. <laughs> I went, <laughs> like, two months <laughs> in, like, I am a wretched, horrible human being. And then it's like, okay, we worked on that. Jesus, you know, softened those sharp edges a little bit, feeling like, you know what? I just, I'm, I'm a Christian. Like, I'm growing. <laughs> and then you have kids, and you're like, whoa, definitely wretched human being. Like, it brings out the selfish parts of you, how much you don't like dying for people, how yeah. much you protect yourself at all costs, how much people frustrate and irritate you for selfish reasons. Mm. And so if you're, my point about signalness, if, if you are just avoiding those things and avoiding those things, you know, that will only cause major problems later. So learn when you're single to die. You know, learn to take on weight so that, that selfish impulse in you um, gets killed, you know, dies, dies early. And this would be a good point where, you know, for, for the ladies that are still listening, um, you, you need to distinguish between the guy who is nice and sweet and gives you attention and the guy who actually like makes sacrifices for you. Um, if he's always leading in the direction of things he wants to do, and I don't just mean like he chooses where you go out for dinner or whatever, um, but his general impulse as to what works best for him, those are the guys you want to be aware of yeah. and, and kind of stay away from. That's the kind of guy that when you have kids, sorry, he's not going to be helping sorry, you. You just say kind of stay away from. Yeah, we definitely. Need, we definitely, need definitely stay away, stay away from. from. Yeah, uh, you want to stay away from those guys. You, you don't want someone that, that while you're, even while you're dating, it's like that's when you show the best part of yourself. Yeah. They're demonstrating an unwillingness to make sacrifices because when you get married to that person, you have kids and you have to make a lot, a lot more sacrifices, necessary ones, and obviously you can avoid making sacrifices even mm -hmm. when you have kids. Mm -hmm. that, that just will not go well. And I say that from a perspective of, I remember when, I was, when Carly and I were dating, even, well, before we were dating, I, a lot of my mentality was based around what worked best for me. I just wasn't, I wasn't thinking before we started dating about what's best for Carly. And after we started dating, when we got engaged, it became aware quickly how much I was thinking that way, and especially once we got married. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it sucks as a young man to get married and then realize that. <laughs> so if I can caution people who are thinking about marriage, start asking yourself how willing you are to lay down your rights. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, I mean, just a practical for the ladies, look for a guy who's a member in a church. If he's not a member in a church, don't even look at him. You don't even see him. You can't even see guys who are not members <laughs> of the church. They are the invisible You're, man. They're the invisible man. They just don't exist. <laughs> they come and talk to you say, I'm sorry, I can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> That's, that's, that's how you treat guys like this, that. This is where we force all of our pastoral interns to become members. Yeah. They're now eligible bachelors. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're doing you guys a favor. God, that's what it is. Yeah, all of a sudden they can understand me. He's a member in a church. He's under authority. He picks up his burden. He's eager to serve. He wants to know the needs of people. He's generous with his time, his money, his resources. That's the kind of guy um, you want to pay attention to. So don't, we need to battle as men our selfishness. It runs deep. And, uh, you know, part of the way we see it when we're like, look, I just want to get settled. I just want to get sorted. Yeah. And, and guess what? You know why that doesn't work practically? Because you think you're settled and sorted, and then you lose your job. Mm-hmm. That's what today's economy is like. It's not like our father's and our grandfather's economy where you work a career. Most, most of us will not work a career. Most of us will have, on average, six careers. Yeah. And so you need to be willing and able to... Um, provide and to care for the spiritual and physical needs of your family in the midst of trying and difficult situations. So even if you get to that, you know, whatever dream place it is, you know, when I get to this place, we'll get married, that can change overnight and you get sick. And I can tell you as someone who's had people in my family sick in long-term care, not everything in Canada is covered. Some of it costs thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and what do you what are you going to do then you know and there is no um basically you need to trust god and you need to not try to just have all of your ducks in a row before you get married because that's just not that's just not reality that's not life all of that is with the nuance before we move on of a man who is responsible who's trying to provide who's you know trying to kill debt these types of things recognizes the weight of responsibility marriage is, that is a great thing. So I'm not pushing back against that. Just an unrealistic or selfish expectation of um, kind of a standard of living they want to maintain. Do you guys have anything to add to that? I did, but I've lost what I was going to say. So you got anything, Matteo? There's a thought that keeps on coming back to me about um, the part where you're saying about being, you know, think about that now, think about this now. Mm-hmm. It's like in the world I grew up in, an overwhelming amount of people or overwhelming or a uh, majority of people were not taught, certainly not in detail, of what to look for, what to expect, or what to be watching out for before marriage. Oh, yeah. A lot of the time it's like, now that you're, you know, engaged, let's do a few a few courses together, you know, mm. marriage counseling mm. sort of thing. Yeah. You know? And then like, okay, now that or or even worse, it's like now that you're married, we'll talk about marriage. Yeah. Even worse, yeah. Even worse. And that was like the majority of the time. Yeah. So most single guys that I know. Yeah. No clue. No idea. Yeah. Not their fault necessarily, no. but no idea. And it's like the last generation saw in their parents a lot more stable relationships, you know. I'm not saying there's not an exception. I know I'm making generalizations, but but kind of traditional roles of people and expectations and relationships within the local church, all of these things were just more part of life. 
but they were assumed. And then the next generation comes along. They don't really know why you do those things. And then the next generation comes and has no idea. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I mean, even for myself, I didn't grow up learning all these things. I grew up in a Christian home with godly parents, but it was teachers who taught me. So that's a good point, Matthew. And it's something, that's why we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you guys one thing that I hear? This is probably the biggest that one I've heard, you know, guys say like why I'm single. Is I don't, I can't, I just, I'm not attracted to anyone. I can see the fire in your eyes beginning, Alex. <laughs> you just, just hold me back. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this is a good one. This is this is a good one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> are we ready? Are we ready for this one? <laughs> Malachi, are we doing this? He gives a nod. This is deep. Okay. <laughs> let me let me just turn turn my mic turn my mic <laughs> towards the man who says I'm just not attracted to anyone right now. <laughs> And and I'm kind of joking, like, well, let me just get into it. Um, sexual intimacy is a gift and a part of marriage, and it's part of its blessing and its design. And so physical attraction is something that we ought to think about. It's not a mythical thing. It's not something that is uh, not real and not important. When you read um, through the Song of Solomon, you see a couple who is ap- who's actually or absolutely enraptured in one another physically. See in the Proverbs that the father tells his son to not be intoxicated with the forbidden woman, the adulterous woman, but instead to be intoxicated with his wife and her body. And so um, we're not trying to think of some, you know, ethereal anti-physical existence in marriage it's purely physical or spiritual or something like that 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 sexual intimacy is is a huge gift and blessing of marriage and it's important and we're actually commanded Um, paul says don't come apart except for a time of prayer so yeah it should be it should be a healthy part of being married however i do want to talk about this idea that i'm not attracted to someone because there's a lot of things i think especially young men, overlook when they think that. One, um, attra- the idea that attraction is fixed in stone, that I have a type. There is a, there is a half-truth to this, but it is not, it is not, attraction is not fixed in stone. Yeah. So that is, a, that is a narrow-minded view of what attraction is and totally overlooks that there are so many things that shape our type. I mean, just think growing up of just even as a little boy, like I can remember my first crushes, so to speak, when I'm in like grade two. Is that what the word, do people still use that word? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it was just like, oh, I thought that girl was cute. I was a grade two. It was nothing, or even younger, like grade one. It was like totally different. And it it was like they were funny or something or they were older or whatever it was. You know, it's not like there was this one type of person. Um, we also know that it says in Proverbs that charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Mm-hmm. And we're going to come back to that first, but um, there is something that should attract us to the godliness of a woman, to the fact that she fears the Lord. And I think we can overlook the fact, and maybe this is through the media and the image-based nature of our culture, that we aren't only attracted to people because it's skin deep. 
Like beauty isn't skin deep. Mm-hmm. And people say that, but I think what they don't realize, it's not just that, well, there's a physical beauty and there's a spiritual beauty, so there's more than skin deep. No, it's actually that our spiritual beauty as human beings actually does impact our physical beauty. That someone who is, you know, you could see a woman who is objectively, um, by, by most standards, gorgeous to be an awful human being, and that actually impacts how physically attractive she is. And vice versa, you could find someone who you may have, if you didn't know them from the next person, not have been so attentive to them, but mm-hmm. then you, you find out who they are and you get to know them and you realize not only do you find them you know, spiritually attractive, you find them physically attractive. Mm-hmm. So I just want to caution guys and say, yo, like, don't be too hasty to assume you can't be attracted to someone um, because attraction is a very complicated thing. And it is not something that I just have this type, and until I find this type, I can't be attracted to people. Uh, that's that's just that's just not true. That's not how attraction works. Um, and, and I think you ha- I think you have to give room. Like, sorry, I don't mean you, but I mean the same guys have to give room for letting that attraction grow. Because a lot of people will say, like, well, I don't think they're ugly or something. They'll. You know, no one's willing to be like. Don't, everyone don't ever re- that. Don't yeah. ever say that. To yeah. a woman. Don't ever say that to a one. But I, I feel like most people are not going to say that. Even generally, like, um, it, if you look around at all the, if you're a single guy and you look around at all the single women in your church, and and you're saying that to yourself, you got a whole other problem. But the other side is you have to give room to allow godliness to do its work because it just does exactly yeah. as you're saying that sometimes maybe you might say, Oh, I'm not attracted to anyone. Okay. If you say that to yourself, stop for a second and ask yourself how much time you spent with godly, a godly woman. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you need to actually just look more for godliness and you'll mm-hmm. be surprised to see that you actually find you are attracted. Yeah. So it's kind of like lean into that impulse. Yeah. Re- look for godly women before you start thinking, well, I was I'm not attracted. I was going to get to this later, but the, the, another reason that's a problem is like, Okay, say you do have a type and you find her. You find this unicorn and she actually agrees to like you because apparently you're her type. So you just won the lottery. So you get married and this unicorn has seven children and you raise them all and she's 75. She, you and her both don't look like that unicorn that you married. And if your level of attra- if if you're saying attraction is fixed in stone, what you are saying is we can be attracted to one another for about the first two years of our marriage, <laughs> depending on our diet and exercise. My wife's still as hot as the day I first yeah. married her. <laughs> Praise the Lord, brother. <laughs> and I would say the same about mine. But what, but, <laughs> and, and, but what I'm saying is we should all say that about our wives. Mm-hmm. And that should actually be true. Mm-hmm. And so the, the whole fixed in stone thing overlooks the complexity of attraction, but it also overlooks the fact that you need to be physically intimate and close and attracted to your space for a lifetime. Yeah, I actually spoke a little quick there because one of the things I wanted to add to that is that one of the things I've noticed in my marriage is that as Carly and I, as our friendship has grown in being married, I, I would say I find her more attractive yeah, than same. I did. It's not to say that I never, I didn't find her attractive before, but but that there's a noticeable increase in my delight in her. Yeah. No, I, and I would... I would say the same thing, speaking very openly, that, that Becca and I talk about this very often, that what drew me to Rebecca initially 
was her godliness. Rebecca was so godly, and I'm not and I'm not joking here. I thought she wasn't into guys. And I'm not saying she was into girls. I'm saying I thought that she had no time for guys. And not in a like because she was so I'm devoted above to everyone. The Lord. But I'm just like, she is so devoted to God. But now that I think of it, I'm like, that's what singleness should look like. Mm. That's what singleness should look like. That when you look at them, you're not like, I wonder if they're into me. You're like, well, of course you're not into me. They have Jesus. Like, why would they like me? And mm-hmm. I actually thought that about her. And I became incredibly attracted to her for her beauty. Like, she was a kind of woman who I didn't sit and think, you know, checking her out and what are her attributes physically and am I attracted? I actually just thought, oh, she's extremely godly. I need to marry her. Like, yesterday I need to marry her. And my attraction for her has just grown and grown and grown and grown because of that. So it is these things I'm saying I, I have experienced. I think you should get on to the wh- where, where attraction goes wrong, where people are distorting it because I feel like you're trying to build to that. Yeah, so... <laughs> Another, if, if attraction is something that can change and it's influenced by many factors, I also want to say to young men who place a huge emphasis on that is like, if you've ever looked at pornography, and especially if you looked at a lot of pornography, that, or, or not even just pornography, like the, the top show in the history of television is Game of Thrones. This is basically pornography. You know, if you just watch movies, regularly you know basically we're gonna go with definitely pornography yeah it's definitely (laughs) pornography sorry for that (laughs) and um uh there is no way that those things have not impacted you Mm. so to say i have this standard or i'm just not attracted to someone also overlooks the fact that the things that shape us could also be really negatively shaping us and we just need to acknowledge that. We need to ask God for cleansing and for forgiveness and for a, a renewed heart and a right spirit, as David prayed. And we need to stop thinking and believing things like um, my attraction is something just innate to me, you know, that hasn't been impacted or shaped by anything. And the last thing I'd say about that is like, you know, okay, so you can't find a 10, you're not a 10. You know what I mean? I've probably met one or two guys in my life, I'm like, Greek God. It's like, fair enough. Like, if you're looking for a 10, that's fair. like, fair enough. Like, you deserve it, buddy. <laughs> I'm kind of joking, but it's funny how guys say this, but it, I just want to turn around and say, well, I mean, have you looked in the mirror? And the Bible tells us to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Mm-hmm. And part of it is physically, you know, it's like, well, do you not think your wife is looking for, you know, Jason Momoa? Like, what, what, what do you think you are? No, she, women shouldn't do that either, but... Yeah, exactly. That's I'm just it. saying there's kind of a conceit beneath that. I was it, listening to a podcast where they, they were comparing... Someone did a study where they were comparing what people are looking for. And generally, everyone rates the person they're looking for as like 25 to 30% hotter than what they think they, they themselves are. Oh, yeah. And it's something, something ridiculous like that. I mean, yeah. This was on the Art of Manliness podcast. Yeah. They had some psychologist, and they were talking about this. But That's actually really funny. It is really funny. It was also a podcast on why people are being less intimate nowadays, but huh. that's a whole other, co- whole other yeah, that conversation. Is. Um, and then just lastly, closing, people are single because they're scared. And that's, that's understandable. I mean, to pursue a woman, to take initiative with a woman, to step out there and try to get to know somebody and, and engage in a godly way is risky you know, to not just like start a text conversation and have 
vague lines for the next six months, but to be intentional and clear and, and up front is, is risky. Mm-hmm. And you could get shut down and you could, you could go talk to someone and two weeks later see them hanging out with someone else and you have to live with that and you have to get over that. And I think a big thing for guys is we are deathly afraid of failure. I am. I'm deathly afraid of failure. I have to battle that. I had to battle that when I was single. And uh, it's something, you know, that we need to just recognize. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, am I single? Because am I making all these excuses when I'm just actually scared? And if you won't die to yourself and if you won't show courage and be willing to risk to start the relationship, you're you're not going to gain courage in the relationship. And we all believe that, right? Like one, one day these things will just change. But and, and for the women, I mean, make a guy work. You know, don't, don't, don't take initiative with someone. Don't make it easy for them. And, the, and, and women have that impulse because women are sweet and motherly and nurturing. And women feel bad for guys. And bad guys take advantage of that. But you know, a woman should trust the Lord and trust that he can raise up a godly man and look for a man who's willing to suffer, to risk, to, to fail for her. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, if a guy starts texting you, just be like, don't talk to me again. <laughs> if, if you won't look me in the eyes, if you don't have the courage to come up to me, don't be like, shake my hand at church and then get my number from a friend and then fire me a message. Is that, is that fair? <laughs> yes. I think so. I think it's fair. That's um, that's my rare guys. I think that the one of the things that I would add to this discussion in general, maybe we'll, Matthew, you can throw in some comments here to kind of close it off. We'll let the single guy talk and give some <laughs> some of his thoughts on what we've said. But um, marriage is a unique gift of God to sanctify men mm-hmm. uh, and 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 women. Um, it just is. Um, there's a reason that he says in the garden, it's good to not be alone. And it means more than that. It means more than just marriage, but it is a unique means just as parenting is also a unique means of bringing people to children to salvation. Oh yeah. Um, God has created us in such a way that these things are happening in that way, but that doesn't mean that you should get married to get sanctified. Mm -hmm. And that's, that would be the danger of this conversation is if we, if in trying to urge guys to to get courage and to think about responsibility and to think about um, um, dealing with the reality of lust and all those things, to get married, if if they're just okay, I just need to get married. I need to find the next woman to get married. That's also a problem. That's not how you get sanctified. That what you need to do is you need to turn to Jesus. You need to repent of those things, your selfishness, your lack of courage, and your inability or your refusal to bear responsibility. And you need to trust that he forgives and that he also gives his spirit. And but you part of to... repentance might look like getting married. Yes, it, that's true. But you uh, can't get married apart from repentance. Yeah, and, all, and what I'm saying is, is purely that the, the solution is not marriage. The solution is God's grace. And marriage may be God's means of grace. Yeah. But, but you need to learn the, the balance of those two things. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to just say... I wouldn't encourage an immature man who is none of these things to go get married. I would say, like, you need to work on those things and you probably need to consider pursuing marriage. Yeah, and hopefully we, we teach and disciple and care for the women that they would never say yes to such mm-hmm, a man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hence the need for a ladies' podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you so, think? 
So we hope there's something helpful. Matthew, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, man. I do, but I feel like it's just going to open like a whole bunch of other <laughs> I feel cans like of worms. Will to this. I feel like, yeah, I think it's important. You it's, just cause, it's just because where I've come from, it's just a, it's a lot different. So yeah. there's just a lot of other, um, what do I call it? Um, Arranged marriages? Is that what Italians <laughs> do? No. Sorry. Uh, like stereotypes or like uh, things that people believe. Like, for example, the classic one, like, you know, oh, I just, I'm looking for the one it's oh, like well, we didn't talk about that it's like what are you i've heard that before what are you what are you referring to the one are you referring to the, the one that you marry then you're like ah i found the one mm-hmm. it's like or are you saying like there's one special person out there i just haven't you know had that sparkle in my or whatever it's just like oh that's yeah. the one like the unicorn which, which which connects to the, some of the things you're saying yeah um but that also connects with like the standard that culture puts out like it's it's so embedded in this generation. Yeah. It's like, what are you looking for? Yeah. And then mix that. Like I'm trying to get all these like thoughts into one so it's like we don't take too much more time on it. But there's that. And then you mix it with like the way we were growing up uh, being taught about singleness, about marriage. It's like it's all intertwined and it's like, well, no wonder people aren't getting married. Mm-hmm. It's like they're one, they're misled. One, they're confused. And two, they're looking for something that is not necessarily the most important thing they're supposed to be looking for. Yeah. And so, like, you put all those together and it's like, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. It's like, no wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you said a lot of really helpful things. Mm-hmm. And part of it you touched on, I think, is, like, people have wrong and unrealistic expectations. They're actually keeping them. You know, they're, they're totally not what they should be pursuing and they're, they're never attainable. You know, you're looking for the one and you, you create your list of that perfect person and you never find them. But that, that person doesn't exist, you know, and, and I would say you are not the one. You know, the, the first place we start is like, does that mean you think you are the one for someone? Like, are you the person that some lady is making a list of somewhere? And, and I mean, maybe you think that. But, yeah. yeah. I, I almost feel like, the gift of singleness is really the same as the gift of fasting. That fasting makes you realize what you truly long for and the sustenance that you need. Um, and singleness makes you realize the same. Marriage doesn't, marriage in another way shows you that, but not from your lack, but from what you have. In, mar- in singleness, it's kind of like, if you're worried about trying to hold the balance between being devoted to the Lord in singleness and wanting to pursue marriage, what you need to do is take your God-given desire for marriage and make it drive you towards God. The, the reason you have that desire for marriage is ultimately because marriage is to be a picture of our delight in the Lord. So if you're single and you want to hold that tension, it seems like the goal isn't to be thinking, um, oh, I, I, can't, um, get ma- I can't think about getting married because I need to focus on being devoted to the Lord. You know, no, you need to recognize that that desire for being married is mm-hmm. actually what should drive you to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And as you are, as you allow that to drive you to God, I think it will help you be more aware of, of that pursuit towards mm-hmm. marriage in a more centered and grounded way. I know when I, uh, when I felt the burden of these things, because I'm not trying to discourage guys. When I, when I felt the burden of these things, it actually really encouraged me. It's like I've been given a mission. Mm-hmm. It's like I've been floundering aimlessly for so long. 
And I thought I was happy with it, but I really wasn't. And then when I realized what God has called men to be and to do and the burden that was placed upon me, there was something exciting about that. There was something noble about that and, and just focused. It just really focused me. And I, I think I want guys to take that away from this podcast is I want you to have a much clearer vision of um, what to do in the single years of your life. And if God has called you to marriage, how to intentionally to pursue that, how to be putting to death the things in you that all of us are prone to, and how to be taking um, intentional efforts, obviously towards Jesus, but towards a woman. And uh, yeah, just to have some, not only some help, but I guess some inspiration mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, well, I think we've harangued the single guys sufficiently. If you need a greater haranguing, I recommend you go talk with your pastor. <laughs> um, and uh, we hope that it's been helpful. We pray it's been helpful. Um, we do encourage uh, you to send in topics or other ideas that you'd like us to talk about on the podcast to uh, either uh, myself or Alex or Ben, our names at hillcitybaptist.com. Uh, and tune in next time. Thank you.